Welcome to the Denker Capital Podcast, where our highly experienced team of in-depth thinkers and other experts share their insights on a range of investment-related topics. In this podcast, we have conversations about developments in South African and global markets and what these may mean for investors. We analyze specific stocks and sectors and explore general themes relating to the fundamental principles that underpin sound investment decisions in an ever-changing world. Today is Thursday, the 25th of February, 2021, and I'm pleased to be joined by Koki Koiman, who's a founding partner of Denker Capital, uh, manager of the Denker Global Financial Fund and the Ned Group Financial Fund. Koki, welcome. I want to touch on three things with you today, Koki. The first, I was looking at the numbers just before um, this recording, and I see that the financial sector is up just over 11% in dollar terms this year so far. We're obviously seeing a rollout globally of vaccines. Do you think the sector still has legs? Nigel, yeah, absolutely. Uh, if, if you look from the bottom of uh, last year, uh, 23 March, I think uh, our fund is up about uh, 70%, if I'm not mistaken, roughly. So, but, but what investors must bear in mind is that first bounce back, which we signaled in, in uh, our first two uh, webinars last year, was mainly because the sector had collapsed uh, in 2020 due to bad debt fears. But if you look at the end of 2020, then the share prices will still be low where they were in 2019, yet almost all the companies we invested in and in the sector grew shareholder value, which means they actually were cheap at the end of the year or beginning of this year. Okay, but now we're switching to something that investors will continuously hear about, the reflation trade. So the reflation trade, which is is starting to happen, is the whole um, steepening of the yield curve in the U.S., which is brought about by inflation fears. So to give you an idea, towards the end of last year, the U.S. 10-year bond was still yielding 0.8%. Today, it yields 1.46. That's already a 66 basis point increase in long yields, in 10-year yields. Sure. Um, and we think this is only the start of it. And, and the Fed, Jay Powell, again, in his recent uh, announcement, said that the U.S. Fed wants the economy to recover strongly. In fact, the term being used is red hot. <laughs> and they're going to delay acting in terms of short-term interest rates. So what we're seeing in the world is a Fed pushing and governments pushing as well with um, help and stimulation packages, growth coming through strongly, and it will increase, and this is stoking inflationary fears. So now, back to banks. Remember that banks have been sold down for 10 years, for 10 years uh, people hated banks, sold them down because of the continuous uh, pressure on interest rates. Interest rate during the 10 years gradually went lower and lower, impacting bank net interest margins. So if this is correct, and if we're at this pivotal point of the reflation trade, that from now on we're going to see a few years of stronger growth, mm-hmm. higher inflation, higher interest rates, and this is, you're going to be getting close to bank heaven. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, even the 66 basis points already, what that does to net interest margins. And now 
Maybe two other points is that, remember, banks in the meantime have benefited hugely from the whole COVID-driven digitalization. So costs are lower. Uh, they've cut unprofitable businesses, so they are lean and mean. Sure. Uh, plus, from the 1st of April, they can start buying back shares as well. So they're going to come to the market as well, sitting on this excess capital, wanting to buy back shares, also paying back dividends. So, yeah, I think in our calculations over the next two to three years, you've got quite easily a 60% upside. You know, a lot of it is the growth and share the value of 10 to 15% per annum, but you've got at least a 30 to 50% shareholder value, a re-rating. I'm glad that you mentioned the stimulus packages because I really want to touch on that in terms of economies in the West have, you know, for want of a better expression, borrowed from future earnings to stimulate their economies. We haven't seen that so much in, in the East and the Eastern nations have also handled COVID pretty well. Does that mean from an asset allocation perspective that you are looking to wait more towards Asia, towards more towards emerging markets? What's that doing perhaps the risk spectrum of the, of the, of the fund? Give us some yeah, no, okay. uh, certainly we, we've actually uh, certainly done that. We've increased our uh, investment in uh, some emerging market banks. And by the way, when you talk East, it, it's generally quite a few of the emerging markets, not only in the East. But where you're absolutely right is the West has really increased government debt, which, as we said in our previous uh, question, if interest rates do go higher longer term, that puts a lot of pressure on government balance sheets, where the East or most emerging markets haven't done that. So they didn't use big stimulus packages. They've also benefited from a much younger average population, thing like Indonesia average population ages 27, which means they're more resilient in terms of COVID. And so Indonesia, India, countries like that have actually come through COVID fairly well. Sure. And are now, and Mexico is actually another one where they are quite ready now to really push economic growth. India, for instance, is, is pushing for 11% growth in 2021. So we've increased our investment in um, in India, actually in, in, in Russia, but as well simply because countries like Russia will now benefit a lot from the commodities trade. Part of the reflation trade, the strong growth is going to also uh, ensure strong demand for commodities. You can see that our commodity prices are rallying. And so that will benefit those countries and their banking sectors as well. So we have been increasing a bit to... Uh, to Russia, to India, to Mexico, and uh, we still want to increase a bit to Indonesia as well. Okay, because what, what is the current emerging markets weighting in the global fund? It's about 30%. 30%, yeah. My final question, Koki, is, is, is you know, what dominates news flow at the moment? I know this is something that we, you and I talk about quite regularly. You know, this sort of correlation or this this basket of, of, of ARC and, and Square and Tesla and Bitcoin you know, and then it's even been mentioned that this is potentially another long-term capital management waiting waiting to happen. They're dominate. It's all dominating news flow. So there's a lot under the radar at the moment that we're not hearing about. In the financial sector, we've we've seen we've been looking at results recently. Anything stand out for you in terms of certain companies? So well? far, yeah, um, with one or two exceptions, every result we've had has been above expectations. The markets were also too 
negative on bad debts. So in almost each case, the provisions made uh, were excessive. And we warned in our four webinars last year, we, I don't know if you recall, we kept warning investors that the banks are simply making provisions. These aren't actual bad debts. And that has come to play out in that the provision provisions weren't needed. The actual bad debts were less than expected. The U.S. economy specifically is coming back very, very strongly when we talk to managements. So right through from J.P. Morgan, which always starts results, very good result. Now, uh, last week, ING, yes, it is really an Afrikaans lekker result. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, Europe Europe is still battling. So it was really exciting to see that result under tough circumstances. And the share price has rallied 20% since then. So you can see the market wasn't expecting that. The PNC insurers are coming through with very good results and the share prices haven't reacted yet. So results have been good. But I think the, the important thing in what you're mentioning, that, that group of, of high flyers, the lower interest rates were negative for the financial sector, both in their effect on profitability and in terms of the alternative companies that seem to be growing at a higher rate got the benefits of higher ratings And so those companies are all very expensive. I mean, we've been saying that consistently. So we were worried the whole time that as interest rates go up, you're going to see a market collapse. A lot of investors are worried market's going to fall when interest rates go up. But what we are seeing is actually good for the financial sector. It's actually a rotation that's happening. So all those, the Teslas, et cetera, et cetera, I maintain it's a pyramid scheme. Sure. Okay. <laughs> and the money that's going into the pyramid is seizing. It's, it's drying up. And then what happens, it unravels and prices come down. And uh, But the rotation is going from from expensive growth stocks into your, your value cyclical banks, uh, retailers, and everybody that benefits from the stronger growth now. So, And we think this could continue year two. Yeah. Well, I know you follow... Charlie Munger closely, and I think he was quoted in saying he's he, he's not sure which he's more worried about: Tesla at a trillion dollars or Bitcoin at fifty thousand. Cocky, thank you. Um, uh, it looks positive. Um, some good results coming through, and uh, waiting towards emerging markets increasing, and still some uh, good growth potential in the sector. So thank you. If you have any further questions for Cocky, um, please email me, Nigel at DencoCapital.com. listening to this episode. We hope you found it interesting. If you would like to join us again, please subscribe for more investment insights. To find out more about our team and the funds we offer, please visit our website at denkercapital.com. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily represent those of Denker Capital. This podcast does not take the circumstances of a particular person or entity into account and is not advice in relation to an investment. Please do not rely on any information without appropriate advice from an independent financial advisor. The value of investments may go down as well as up, and past performance is not a guide to future performance. Denker Capital is an authorized financial services provider in South Africa. Please visit denkercapital.com forward slash disclaimers for the full disclaimer relating to the global fund mentioned in this episode.